0: Your theory, as you put it, is horseshit. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I'm Shaheer Dowd. Matt, is that classical music we're listening to? You're damn right. And this is the only podcast about movies. Specifically, the only podcast about the film Star
1: Trek Beyond. Beyond? Beyond what? Beyond Thunderdome! Yes! Yes, uh <laughs> dear, listener, we did not plan that. We just spontaneously went Mad Max on I uh, shit. Yeah, I
0: mean, what, yeah, what else is new? <laughs> let's uh, jizz over Mad Max some more. Yeah, so, newest Star Trek movie. That's something I get excited about. Is it? Is it, though? It is, and we're going to talk about it <laughs> in a second. But, uh, yeah, let's do housekeeping before we even begin, Shahir.
1: Oh, uh, it's always my job to do housekeeping. You don't clean up after yourself, man. Nope. I am such a abused domestic partner in you this You should probably just bake
0: me a pie.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> if you enjoy what you hear, you can reach us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. We love to take fan requests, listener requests, movies you want to point out to us uh, or anything that we might have missed or forgotten. Also hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod at, and uh, also uh, try us on our Facebook page where Matt and I argue for to no end for no reason, and sometimes <laughs> you
0: guys chime in and help us out. You're like our own little armies, so we really do appreciate when you engage us, either if for or against the forces of evil. Yeah. Uh, which There's a lot can-
1: of discussion right now on the Facebook page, like specifically about Matt Damon's Great Wall of China movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, um, but also bigger, uh, bigger news than the Great Wall of
0: China. We're going to be doing a uh, pseudo live version of this show in Seattle. Pseudo? I
1: think it's I think it's real. Well,
0: no, we're recording it live with us a, with a, with a studio audio but we'll then be you know i'll put it up later it's not going to be like broadcast live that's why i said pseudo live anyway we're gonna be at pax (laughs) we're gonna be at the pax convention in seattle pax west formerly pax prime uh one of the largest gaming conventions which is uh uh uh, just an event that I love and look forward to every year. We're going to be doing a panel and an episode called Getting Good, G-U-D at Making Video Game Movies, where we're going to discuss sort of how Hollywood has treated the conversion in the past and how they can fix it. And it's going to be me, Shahir, our buddy Red, who you've heard, and James Port now from Extra Credits. Uh, and we're just going to rock fucking the Sphinx y- Theater's face-off at 6pm on the 2nd of September.
1: We got, your, we got September. Your, your Lara Croft, we got your Mortal Kombat. we got your Super Mario Brothers, we isn't got it your World d- of Warcraft? Isn't it a d- adorable how Shahir tries to throw in the video game lingo. Like,
0: we got your Laura Crofts. We <laughs> Laura got your Mario Brothers. <laughs> we got your assassins that are creeding. Yep. We got it all. We got it all. Come gonna, on down. We're going to train them before then. Yeah. But uh, we're not talking about that particular brand of nerdiness right now. Ooh. We're talking about a different brand of nerdiness that boldly goes where no brand of nerdiness has gone before.
1: I didn't, S- now, Star now, Trek Beyond. Okay, before we get into Star Trek Beyond, how much of a Star Trek fan slash nerd are you? Well, fun fact, um,
0: for all of the seven episodes of Star Wars stuff we did, Mm -hmm. I was more of a Star Trek kid than a
1: Star Wars kid. Same. (laughs) If you go back and listen to those episodes, I think you will discern from that that I am more of a Star Trek person than a Star Uh, Wars person.
0: uh, I was more next gen. Yep, same here. Uh, and then Deep Space Nine didn't grab me. Then I
1: loved Voyager for some reason. Which was the one with Scott Bakula as the captain? That's the next. That That's was Enterprise, which Enterprise. I did not watch. No, neither did I. And
0: I've watched all the classic. And I, and actually, it's so funny because I, when I was younger, I sort of skipped Deep Space because it was a little more serious, I guess, and a little more political. That's going to be one of my series like that I'm going to leave on like late night uh, while I fall asleep, I think, is <laughs> just going to start going through Deep Space Nine because I've heard great things. Yeah. I love, I love Star Trek.
1: My, you know, funnily enough, my gateway back into Star Trek, um, which was a little bit of a disappointing gateway back into it. Um, because it's so good is Battlestar Galactica, the new series. The I could the, never get into it. Really, yeah. I think that show it's right up there with the best TV shows ever made. I, think. I know, I know, and I've heard it, and I've heard it from a lot of people I respect. And you, yeah. and <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not a big sci-fi person, but I w- after watching that, I really wanted to get back into into Star Trek, so I started um, redoing Star Trek Next Gen. Next Gen is great, and I
0: love. I've started to buy the uh, even though oh, I don't know if these ones are on Netflix. I know all the episodes are, but uh, the Blu-rays of Next Generation are recaptures Remastered, and they yeah. redo the special effects. Yeah, and it yeah. looks, I mean, the great part is it starts <laughs> to look more like the classic series because you can start seeing like the threads in the suit and, right. the, and the carpet's not all yeah. perfect on the show. Like, I just, I think that's really great. I love when the seams fall apart. It makes it feel more real to me. What about the movies?
1: Uh, where are you on? Uh, N- not, not just I know, the I know. J.J. Abrams, um, the original movies.
0: They're fine. Again, the original crew uh, was never my super jam. Uh, yeah. I loved... I loved Generations when I was younger, when they met, when Kirk and Picard met uh, via Whoopi Goldberg and time travel and a, and a fucking ribbon. The whale?
1: Is no, that the Whale? No, no, no. Did...
0: This was after all the classics. This was the, first, this was the first Next Generation film Yeah, called Star Trek Generations, I believe. And then uh, First Contact is fucking dope as shit.
1: I, I actually, yeah, there's one thing in Generations. Actually, I was in a, in a meeting recently where I brought it, brought it up because there's that scene where they're riding a horse. Mm -hmm. Like the two captains are riding a horse over the uh, the valley, over the ravine. And there's a moment in there that is so good where uh, 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 Kirk says to Picard, I could never do this. Uh, the reason I know this isn't real is because I was always afraid of this reveal. Yeah, and now I'm not. Yeah. I, I just think that's such a great moment of writing and in a pretty average, you know, okay. Film. I
0: thought that movie was great. The first two next gen movies were awesome, and the other two weren't that great. In fact, it was Nemesis and uh, uh, something else. And uh, I think
1: Star Trek: uh, The Voyage Home is that the one where they time travel to try and get whales, something like that. Yeah, I, I I remember digging that as a kid. So
0: like I and then and then the first JJ reboot or side boot, <laughs> uh, I really liked, and I didn't think I would. Yeah. Um, but they did the right amount of fan service with like sort of splintering the timeline as opposed to ignoring it and you know have an old spot come back and you know all that stuff I thought was neat I thought the second film into darkness really really fell flat for me and maybe more flat than it actually deserved to feel because of the whole like he Benedict Cumberbatch isn't con we called him this but then guess what there's a big dramatic reveal that he's con which has no effect on any character in the film and therefore shouldn't have an effect on the audience but yet everyone acts like it's a huge deal it it just it's one of those like meta-breaking moments of a film that I'm just like, fuck you.
1: So my thing with the JJ Abrams versions is that I I too liked the first one. I thought it was a hell of a good time at the movie. Yeah. Um It I, turned
0: Star Trek. I was like, oh, they're gonna turn it actiony. I was like, I actually don't mind it. Uh,
1: and but I I mean I remember thinking they're doing a lot of hard work here to try and like fracture like keep the old timeline but fracture it into a new but timeline. But I think it was worth it. It it kind of worked. Um, you know, I I thought it I thought it set up the new franchise really well. Um, the second film I actually watched, uh, at home on demand and I wasn't, I wasn't paying a hell of a lot of attention and I watched it post the whole Khan, uh, reveal was known on the internet. So I, 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 I didn't care. Um, and I didn't hate the movie. I didn't, I didn't think it was a, I thought it was like, you know, a fairly appropriate version of uh you know, sequel to that movie. What bugged
0: me about it not uh, beyond the con thing is it didn't feel like anything classic star Trek. And it didn't even feel like the other star Trek. It felt like this weird other thing to me. Yeah. Like it was all sort of pseudo fan service, but I wasn't sure what fans you were trying to serve. So like there's something. And then, so this, this film, something I really appreciated about this film is this felt to me like an episode
1: of star Trek. I, we're gonna get into it, but I think I think that is its greatest strength and also its greatest flaw. I just think it's its greatest strength. Well, um, you're a glass half full kind of guy. Uh, That's not half, true. Uh, but but no, no, no. I, I
0: think uh, just general impressions. Um, pleasantly surprised.
1: Well, I, and the reason that I think that like the synopsis, and this is the IMDb synopsis, admittedly, which is always a little vague, but this. This could sound like any episode of Star Trek. The USS Enterprise crew explores the furthest reaches of uncharted space where they encounter a new ruthless enemy who puts them and everything the Federation stands for to the test. <laughs> I just signed on. You signed on? You you beamed yourself up with yeah, that one? Yeah, because here's the thing.
0: Star Trek, <sighs> you don't, you just need to see the, I, I want to see the characters do a thing. Right. And sometimes it says a bunch of stuff like, uh you know there's anything where they do like the holodeck and it gets into that sort of shit on next gen or even like um you know voyager's whole plight of like trying to get home even like stranded in a certain way like they there's certain things that they say like there's episodes that say things and then there's sort of filler episodes but the cool thing about the filler episodes to me is you just get to spend time with these characters that you really like and i do feel like the this new franchise hasn't given you that yet everything in these last 2 films in into darkness and the first one was so big yeah. nothing felt like it had time to breathe and this one felt to me like they were a crew like, there was a big sort of like, our crew is important, the crew, the crew, the crew. And that's something that's always been very present in Star Trek and wasn't quite. I mean, I know the first one's an origin, basically. And the yeah. second one, they were too focused on the con shit. Yeah. So, like, this one, yes, is it, it, look, is the plot gonna blow your mind? No, it had some interesting things to it. It did cool sci-fi Star Trek things to take a generic plot of a mysterious villain and like do all this, you know. And it <laughs> made space battles a little bit cooler. And like it did things in space in the battles that I hadn't seen before. It uh, it had a villain that yeah, I figured it out about two two thirds through the <laughs> movie, but but I didn't care because it was neat. Like the, what? How his mechanic sort of that he sort of was built yeah. through Idris Alba. Yeah. Um. Ooh, spoiler alert you know.
1: Uh,
0: but like, so yeah, it's um, I really
1: dug it. I I I enjoyed it while I was watching it. Um, it, it 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 does feel like an extended episode, and it's the same reason that I I like the Simpsons movie, for example. I feel like the Simpsons movie is an extended episode of the Simpsons. Sure, and that if you enjoy Star Trek. Um, It's perfectly serviceable. That's how I describe this film is a perfectly serviceable, enjoyable time at the movie. And
0: I don't know if I'm singing more praises for it because I've been so disappointed with the tent poliness outside of the Marvel universe uh, this summer.
1: Yeah, um, I mean I don't think it's as bad as say Jurassic World. Um, I like Jurassic Well, that was yeah, last year. That was last year. What are the what are the big tin poles we've had this year I mean year? Uh, Independence, Independence Day. Day,
0: um what was the other huge one? I can't see, I can't even remember that. Even I saw Jason Bourne yeah, uh and that time. was the snooze fest. Yeah. A snooze fest we've all seen before. So, uh, and I love Matt Damon. I, I like that series a lot, but like, God, just fucking do
1: something new with him. It's not all about his fucking past. Anyway. Um, so I, you know, I do think that it's a very serviceable episode of star Trek. It's a little, uh, for my money, it, it, it misses some of the, 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 Interesting philosophical questions that Star Trek would occasionally get into, and I think that we would see. But Star Trek
0: the, hasn't had that since the like since the
1: uh I since think the reboot, Nick's Gen, a little bit. and I think I think the older like. Oh the, no, the TV show, one hundred percent. I'm saying that. No, and, and even the movies before before JJ Abrams t- took it over, they they were less action focused and more philosophically focused. Yes. focused, and so it it's not. And the thing here is that the action is well done enough to like to be that, but it it doesn't, you know, like the actual philosophical questions that this film is asking is not that interesting and it's not gonna it's not gonna make you think outside of hey some cool shit's happening i mean there are a couple of reviews that say the problem with this star trek is that the solution to stuff in this in this new universe is hey let's punch it um which i i you know let's punch it let's shoot it and that's not necessarily what star trek was about No, i don't i don't well, i don't want to be a luddite about star trek and no, say that say that oh it's got to be but like, i will canonical. say
0: this film out of all of them cuz the first one had red matter and that yeah. was like the fucking red herring of like uh, you know yeah. the the macguffin i guess you'd say of like oh this can do anything yeah uh Side note, uh, check out, and I'll actually post on the Facebook page when I post this episode, uh, it's me and Steve Buja, who's been on the show before on same night movie review back in the day when we used to do videos, we mm-hmm. did so, uh,
1: something I'm still very proud of. I don't know if you've watched
0: it. I here. have watched, I watched uh,
1: it. I watched it in anticipation of this episode.
0: Uh, I, <laughs> we did the first review, but we did it on a green screen, one cheap green screen where we filmed six of our friends and put them on the bridge of next generation <laughs> to do this whole episode. Wait,
1: so you're saying you're not a Star Trek nerd?
0: Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um... Anyway, I, you, you'll check that out. It's, it was really fun. Uh, but so, so, you know, the MacGuffin was the red matter. Yeah. Uh, the MacGuffin and the other one was sort of like just con sort of present. I can't even, to be honest, I don't even remember. Right. But this one, you're right. The solution is punching it. But for instance, the way, and I don't want to say it yet for not into spoilers, but the way they do like the cool sort of push in space to get to a place near the end, uh, I'll, we'll talk about it later and you'll know what I'm talking about. But like, yeah, they're punching it, but they're doing it in a cool sciencey way. That felt Star Trek to me. In a DIY, we're fucked. Oh, shit, we're using our smarts to do this. It's not just we have the bigger laser fucking photon right, torpedo. Right. And
1: I, but I think that was kind of like they were kind of playing, making up their own rules, which is, which is fine. I It lived I felt, in Star
0: Trek rules, though. Nothing in that felt odd to me.
1: Uh, the only thing is, is that I don't think there were... So so the film presents this, this villain, play, played by Idris Elba, who has a basically a major... Philosophical gripe with the federation. Um, I don't feel like that gripe was particularly interesting or well fleshed out. It or, wasn't explored properly. No, I
0: think the gripe is interesting because the gripe is, and I, I think we'll get into spoilers, I guess, now because we're just going to talk through the movie after we sort of do this. Right? Well, we, I mean,
1: I mean, just generally, I, obviously, I'm guessing that you really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah. it's a it's a strong it's a strong entry in this new in this new franchise, and to to a certain point, this is how I think. Non crazy canonical franchise should be done like Marvel movies connect to each other. So, so much like Lego pieces cause they have pieces of pieces of pieces. And I know you fucking hate that. Yeah. But like, uh, this is like, if I'm going to have an episodic thing, like James Bonds or Star Trek at this point, or any of these sort of things that like, don't have to have like the hint for the next one beyond maybe a teaser moment at the end, uh, fast and the furious, even to this point, you know, like directed by the same guy. Sure. Uh, and you can totally tell and it's yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, it gave it a fresh coat of paint for me, at least in the action section. But uh, it's just sort of like I liked it. It was a totally standalone thing. With maybe like it had anything that had interconnectivity to it was like only if you wanted it to. It was like yeah, some stuff and, with
1: Spock and like some other stuff. And 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 don't get me wrong, my problem and we've done it already. Like we've brought up the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My problem in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that when they forsake the single story for this canonical thing, where they're like trying to tell bigger stories. It's only it, happened twice. It's happened a bunch and I, and it drives me nuts. Uh, and I think that this, this, this does a good job of being a self-contained story. I don't think that the story, like if this was a single episode of a new star, Star Trek TV show, which is I, coming. I, yeah. Discoveries. Um, I think that would be great. And I, and I would really enjoy it on that level Um, at the movies. Again, I had a good time. I enjoyed myself. I thought initially the, the first conversation with uh, bones and Kirk was, a little bit of that thing we talked about when we were talking about green room, which was that you know these two people didn't feel like they were talking to each other like friends. They felt like they were two two writers trying to tell, give you backstory on characters. Um, I didn't
0: get that, but I could also
1: mm, see it. I guess mm, like I I wasn't thinking that in the moment. I I, I w- that first scene kind of felt that way to me. But but as the movie went along, I kind of felt the more interrelationships between characters a little bit truer. Um, and uh, you know, I liked the way in which the film relied upon the crew having to like unify against this person who wanted to, who who basically wanted to be an isolationist, you know, like a, a soldier, of a fortune kind of guy. Um, there were, there were things that kind of um, were questionable for me. Like, like the fact that Kirk becomes like uh, action movie hero, number five towards the end of the movie where he's riding a bike in like five different directions kind of thing. It's okay. I don't, I don't hate it, but it kind of like it just kind of eh, you know like could we do some other things here? There, I don't, were, there were some holograms I, involved in that. Yeah, so hologram. Yeah. I don't mind it. Um, I my I guess my my only thing is is that I think Simon Pegg, the writer uh, who who wrote Shaun of the Dead, which I think is amazing, uh, who wrote the Simon Pegg is one of my favorite people on the planet. He's he's awesome. I, I mean, go back and watch Spaced. Uh, the space it's, is it's, great. Space, everything he's done is great. Yeah, everything he's done is great. I think this is not as great as other things he's done, but it is perfectly serviceable. He's not the only writer in the no. film, by the way. Um, perfectly serviceable. I think Justin Lin does a really good job of like commanding this whole universe. And they do a really um, elegant job of using... Uh, one thing that I just noted, like using CG camera moves. They do a really, really elegant job of like... Traveling from one sp- one part of the USS Enterprise to another part, yeah. really elegantly, yeah. and it was like it felt justified. It felt like it didn't feel like they were just kind of like showing off. Hey, we can move in any direction. It kind of worked for the whole story, um, and and you know the 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 uh, the Yorktown at the end, uh, which is a really good example of like uh, an anti gravity city, which is something that we also saw in that. Uh, I want to say the Jason Bourne movie, but um, Elysium, you know, is kind of like oh, yeah. similar, similar sort of like inverted gravity works in weird yep. ways in this world thing. Um, I do think Idris Elba, uh, I love everything he's in. I think he's awesome. And
0: his um, name in this movie is Crawl. so it's so
1: close to my name that right. I'm just going to latch on. <laughs> I think he he does the best he can with a sort of, it's not underdeveloped, but it's just it's just a half-baked kind of. No, here's idea. the
0: thing. I think the idea is phenomenal. I've seen it in episodes of Star Trek. Basically, let's get to spoilers. Three, two, one. We hope yeah. you've watched the movie at this point. You're beamed. That was a beaming noise. Um, but um basically his sole thing of the Federation is he was a soldier back in the day before the Federation was formed, and he crash-landed through this nebula on this planet. Yeah. And uh he was sort of left there. Uh, and to sort of fend for himself was like a mining colony of like another species or something. And he got this technology that kind of let... Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point of the, the... Doesn't make sense. No. But the point of the matter is he is basically... It's actually a very Metal Gear solid argument. he's a soldier that has put himself out of business in a weird way, right and what does a what does a society that was won by soldiers do with its soldiers once there's peace and there's this whole that's a big canonical thing in Metal Gear in the Metal Gear series. It's like soldiers want a soldieristic society to they want, keep they soldier want war
1: yeah, they need a war
0: um and so when he doesn't have a war anymore, he's going to go fucking start one
1: well, it's not just that he's also a he, he feels like the federation Abandoned him, um, you know, and and well, they it, did. It, they
0: once they were done with soldiers, they abandoned their soldiers in a yeah. weird
1: way. Um, and uh, Matt Singer over at Screen Crush makes a really good argument that this is the this is the film that we need in the age of the Brexit and the age of Donald Trump's uh, fear mongering as the as the electoral as the Republican nominee is that we need a film that uh, champions unity over isolationism and over fear mongering, which is essentially what Crawl. Is about. And There's
0: even some lines as being like your reliance on each other is your weakness, and it's like no, it's yeah. our strength or something like shit. Yeah, like no, that. your unity is not your strength; yeah. it's your weakness.
1: Um, I I think that's an interesting argument to make, but when the film falls into let's punch it, it kind of gets it gets it gets lost. And I and I do and I, like I'm kind of crawls in game in this feels very like I'm just a madman and I want to like blow shit up. But no,
0: no, it turns into that because his, his plan, and again, we're skipping to the end, but his plan keeps getting thwarted like 80% every time. So he gets more and more desperate. And then at the end, it's blow things up before his whole thing is to cause enough chaos to get more ships to come in, to get more ships to then go take the, you know, cause chaos on the space station that has the greatest technology. And then he can use that as his front for his war. Like there's. He's not just trying to blow up that station in the beginning. He's trying to take it over and use it. When that fails due to some very cool shit, in my opinion, then he's like, well, fuck everybody. Then he goes full on suicide bomber, basically.
1: Right. And it's, it's, I think it's an interesting sit up. It's kind of half baked and the film doesn't spend enough time with it to be honest. Yeah, the film doesn't spend enough time. And I don't think the film like believes in it enough as an idea on its own to not just have cool shit happen. It
0: felt like it felt like either in the scripting or in the cutting room floor of the actual edit that those points, a lot of stuff that would have structurally made that hit home harder was probably lost to leave more room for boom boom.
1: And it's it's weird because I think the original Star Trek movies, you know, like favored that kind of philosophical stuff yes. over yeah. over the bang bangs. And it got, there's a part of me that, you know, like the thing that saddens me about you know, modern blockbusters is that they think they should be bang bangs. Whereas like a Jurassic park, for example, wasn't a bang bang. Well, movie here's either. here's the thing. You know? Blockbusters kind
0: of need to be, if you're calling it a blockbuster, star Trek, the movies, this, the original movies weren't
1: blockbusters. They were just great movies. Yeah. Like I would never call it. So are, are we saying by definition a blockbuster is inherently a lesser movie?
0: I'm saying it's, it's, it's always akin to more of an action fair. I don't, right. I'm not going to call it lesser because I don't think it is.
1: But you know, like, Die Hard is you know, Die Hard, for example, is an excellent action movie. That's a blockbuster too. But it's not dumb. You know? But I also
0: this is what I'm saying. I will forgive Films that I know straight going in are sort of blockbuster action movies for, for more stuff than it is. And I know by this time, it's the third time, it's the third go of this fucking movie, then, and now directed by the Fast and the Furious guy. I walked in knowing what I was going to get.
1: Right, right. So I, I just, I I, I, w- I wish there was a li- a balance where this film could exist a- in its exact form and that there were other movies like- I feel like we're getting that
0: in other sci-fi films like, um, what's it called? Ex Machina? Ex Machina. That was. Hey, what I was see, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I want to see like a good. Balance but you know of, what I mean. But yeah. like,
0: that's a great movie. That's a fantastic movie. Not a blockbuster, which it, is fine. It's, it's, it shouldn't be. And, and blockbuster is such a dumb term because it's originally like about having lines wrap around the block and like all that shit. Well, also just making
1: money, right? Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the that's the akin to it. But like, I don't. I don't again, I don't have a problem with this movie being uh, making a shit ton of money. But I just, you know, I hope there's a balance that can be struck a little more with with like making something that's thought-provoking what i liked about
0: this movie is the action in it always felt clever or clever enough mm-hmm. very rarely was there a moment where it's like oh they're just shooting shit like normal even though so, so let's just sort of break down so we can actually get moving here yeah. so the enterprise even kirk has a big captain's log eh, in the yeah. beginning yeah uh about how he's just getting kind of bored yeah. like they've been out there for three years they're just exploring it and he's like if the universe is actually infinite yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Right. Like, I don't know. It's sort of, you know, he's starting to question himself because he basically joined Starfleet on a dare. I like that sort of that thing. And like Bones is trying to tell him you did it to prove yourself like you could be like your father and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, point being, and I'm sorry, I'm sniffling. You can hear it a little <laughs> bit. I have a, I have a cold. Yeah. Um, The. The the Enterprise docks at the Yorktown, which is the most technologically advanced space station. And uh, then they get a distress call from a ship inside of a nebula that it's near that they basically needs to go and rescue a a crashed starship of an alien race um, that's apparently home to the nebula. So they assign the Enterprise to go do it and they go in.
1: Admittedly, I was like, shouldn't you be taking some protection with you? Like, why do you trust this person inherently? You know, like, I mean, because it's the Federation and they're dumb. Yeah, they're they're trusting. It's, it's one of those things I didn't, I didn't care it, when it was happening in the movie. It's kind of one of those things, oh, maybe you should have. But then, Once again, is in the the, nebula. I, everything I'm saying would like fail the logic of the film as it exists right now, um, and I, I wouldn't want to do that. I was just kind of curious if we could go in another direction. I don't quite mm-hmm. get what you mean by that. Well, I'm saying like if, I, if the Federation were smart and they wouldn't go in, then the movie would kind of stop. You know, what But I mean? the Federation,
0: I mean, I think they're smart enough because Enterprise is one of the most technologically advanced ships they have. I think they figure it's going to be fine. Mm. They don't know what's hap- what's waiting in that nebula. They right. don't right? because they, they can't get sensors at-
1: and all that shit. It and funs- they haven't
0: been at war for a while.
1: Yeah. And so they're not prepared for that kind of thing.
0: It's almost like inside the nebula, the planet that uh, Carl is on is like a time capsule almost. Yeah. Anyway, so they fly in the nebula. And this is what I'm talking about, about the boom being a little different than we normally see. Basically, it controls these sort of hive mind smaller ships yeah. that basically, I believe, and later on you find out they're like old mining equipment from another race, which makes sense why they fly and attack the sort of way that they do. Basically, they're a giant swarm of tiny, tiny ships that tears the Enterprise a fucking new one by basically crashing into it a shit ton Yeah, even to the point that's how they board it (laughs) it latches in and then it opens and then I thought the armor of this sort of like race of people was really fucking cool and like the action piece here felt fresh enough to me because I hadn't seen like here's basically a bunch of giant metal space bees yeah. drilling through the fucking Enterprise and ripping it apart in really interesting ways. We've seen the Enterprise you know, crash destroyed a every couple times, time. yeah. no, no, but not every time. That's something I've also really mm-hmm. sort of appreciated about. Hasn't the Enterprise been destroyed in every movie now? No, in no, every, no, no. In
1: every new Star Trek movie.
0: No, no. So the first one, it doesn't get destroyed. Second one, it, it crash lands in the water, but then they hide in the water. Right. Uh, and this is the first one in the new one that it gets blowed to shit. Right, Uh its throat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is awesome because they ripped the fucking top off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's happened, I believe, once in the next generation films. Yeah, uh, and then uh, I bet you it happened in the old films as well Probably, at some point. At some point. Uh, but I, it's you know seriously, but like the restraint on that, I could see a franchise being like it's going to blow up every
1: time. Like <laughs> I totally get. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, thing. yeah, completely.
0: Um. So, uh it gets fucked up and it, that's the whole sequence, even down to how they crash and they have to disengage the saucer section from the remaining little bits. Like, and they're trying to escape and it feels very real. Like the nacelles get cut off so they can't go to warp and they can't figure it out. And they're just getting fucked up. Yeah. And then they crash on this planet and they all get separated. Yeah. Some get away in escape pods. Some are in the other part of the ship. Some are in the saucer section, you know, like that whole nonsense. And it, uh, and it, it, it forms a nice like, oh, fuck, teams broke up like it was very unified before and now yeah. they got to get unified again. Yeah. Um, and so they land on this planet and I kind of again, I kind of appreciate this because we haven't seen in this current iteration of Star Trek them in survivalist mode.
1: Yeah. And
0: I like that. Uh, a couple different things happen. Uh, Bones and Spock are stuck together. Spock is injured. Yeah. And they have some great sort of dichotomy between each other. And it's
1: good to see Bones and Spock as opposed to Spock and Kirk.
0: And Carl Urban is so fucking good. New Zealander from uh, my hometown. He's <laughs> so good as Bones. He's so good in everything. I, yeah. I I still pray for a day when Dread gets a sequel. I think, aren't they working on an Amazon thing? Who for the that? fuck knows? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and you know so that's good you get that dichotomy uh Uhura is locked away with crawl, I believe, along with a lot of the other crew
1: and she's with uh uh uh, cap- uh John Chu's character the uh, oh sulu Sulu she's who is gay now i and I love that it's not a thing it's not a deal
0: <laughs> it's not a deal which is it was it was nice but i I've thought that what I found interesting was uh and by the way his his
1: partner in the film is the other writer doug Jing oh that's nice, <laughs> yeah
0: uh. What's his name? Original Sulu. Why can I not remember his name? George, George Takei. Takei. Yeah. He he was like a little bit miffed about
1: it, which is weird because he is he's gay yeah. Himself. But I guess
0: and I respect that he's miffed about it because he's like that's yeah, great and everything. But that's not the character. Like the character wasn't gay.
1: I don't know. I I think yeah, but <laughs>
0: it's such a non thing. You're absolutely right. But I
1: just I found it very interesting that they you know uh, what I what I liked about it was well was that being in a theater with a big group of people and it was like. The film was basically saying, this is the stakes for this character is his partner and his child is, on, Eric, that is on that space station He's on that space station. And it didn't, it didn't matter that there was a, you know, like hundred percent, you know, and I kind of, and I was like, we need to see more of that.
0: I know. And it's <laughs> funny because the storyteller in me was like, what the fuck? We're only seeing this for a second. This is just a thing. What the hell? Not that he's gay, just that it's a relationship that was never developed and we see it for three seconds, but he's not but, a main
1: character. But it's, I, it's, I
0: understand. But then the actual, like no, this is a great thing for film in general, just to have it be a thing of normalcy. This is fucking Star Trek. No, this I, is supposed it, to be a thing of unity and like the way the human race sort of moves on from being fucking idiots like a, a lot of us are currently. Yeah, so yeah. it's like I, I I did, upon reflection, I appreciated it more for its brevity because they made it not a thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I like that it was not a thing. And I, I think we've made it more of a thing than it was in the movie. It's like, but I like us
0: calling out that it's not a thing thing.
1: Yeah, if that makes sense. And and what what's cool about it is is he could equally have been uh he could have equally had a wife on that planet. True. Sure. Um but it doesn't matter, you know? Like it's and you know, I kind of like I they do it with such brevity that that when it happens and when you see like a little photo of the little girl, you realize what's at stake for yeah, this character. hundred um, percent. Who else gets separated?
0: Kirk gets uh, d- alone, I think. Scotty gets no, alone. Uh,
1: Kirk uh, is placed with uh, off the the late great uh, Anton. Oh yeah, Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, that's right. Um, and they run into. They eventually meet up. Uh, Scotty gets uh, hooked up with this new character. Side
0: note: I love that Simon Pegg wrote himself to be the one that meets the hot. Uh, female alien.
1: <laughs> well, I think. I think he, what was cool is that he didn't write himself to be the biggest character in the film. He wrote himself to be like no. But
0: but but what I love is, and there's no love interest between those two characters. Yeah. It's uh, your uh, sort of love story at all. But like, it's always him talking to her. I I just thought it was funny that the writers like yeah I'm gonna be with the with the attractive alien girl this time. Fuck you, Kirk.
1: No, I just I, I just think it was kind of like I, I like that he he didn't. He didn't write himself a bigger role in the movie. He wrote right. himself like he, was, he wrote himself
0: the appropriate role for Scotty. Yeah, exactly. He's a great
1: Scotty. He is a that's a- everyone in this thing is a great whoever the fuck they they're are. They're a great version of whoever the. I mean, like uh, I was reading uh, film film critic Hulk. If anyone reads that, which is a, a film critic a critic who writes himself as the Hulk, and he wrote this really interesting essay about JJ Abrams recently, and and his distaste for JJ Abrams' work in some capacity. Sure. But he did one of the things he did point out, and I think it's really worth pointing out, is he thought that J.J. Abrams might be one of the best people at casting in Hollywood. Like everyone he casts I mean, I can't think of a miscast he's done. No, and, and everyone that he's cast in this film is pretty perfectly cast. Now, admittedly, they're cast to reflect older characters. Sure. And they do it so, so well. But you know, so so you know, the question mark there is could could you cast in a new way? To reflect a new character, right. you know, is he good at that? And I don't know if he is, but uh, but yeah, everyone in this film is just cast so perfectly. Um, you know, Spock is you know Zachary Quinto as Spock, Karl Urban as Bones, um, Pig as Zoe Spock. Saldana, yeah Zoe Saldana as Uhura. Everyone is just so good in their roles. Lieutenant
0: Uhura,
1: Kirk <laughs> <laughs> fucking accent with it, trying to say Uhura was
0: like hilarious.
1: It it was it, it is weird to me that you cast like potentially like is 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 Idris Elba considered the sexiest man alive is he like yeah but on that no list? But I like
0: I liked it because I knew they'd eventually reveal his real face behind his alien face but even then he was kind of
1: like still misshapen but it was like no but you
0: see like logs of him and shit
1: yeah yeah but it was like you you like for three quarters of this movie he's hiding behind like a huge prosthetic makeup but isn't
0: that cool though like isn't that like because they did – look, Eric Banner, who is not nearly the star that Idris is, but, like, uh, in, in the first one, I thought what looked fucking stupid with his stupid tattoos and stupid ears and stupid plot. <laughs> right. Uh, but, like – and then get Benedict Cumberbatch is just Benedict Cumberbatch being fucking, yeah, like, pseudo-awesome. I just I – just
1: like, the, the, the marquee value of having Idris Elba in your movie – and then, kind of like hiding him, but
0: but look, this is what happens when you put fucking skilled actors in movie monster makeup. It it helps it, right?
1: Frank Langella played Skeletor for Christ's oh, sake. Oh, we're going back. Actually, that it, I mean, admittedly, Frank and Langella he is Skeletor Ske- did fucking gangbusters. Frank Langella was not a name like Idris Elba when he did Skeletor. <laughs> He was pretty big. He wasn't. He wasn't that big when he did. Skelter. He was theater. Big. He was theater. He was. He was known to be a well, right. you know, a good actor. But what I'm saying is, it when you get a good actor, marquee value. I know.
0: But when you when you get a good actor, that's a that's a ballsy move for a film to do to put him in a bunch of makeup. But it yes. also makes that character. He. I, and I, I know you kind of said you thought it was weak. I still think, even with Benedict Cumberbatch being who he is and his performance that he did as Khan or whatever yeah. the fuck his, his name was before, Idris Elba is the best villain that this iteration of Star Trek has had.
1: He had yeah, the most he's, believable he's, he's, thing. I, I would I would agree with that. I don't think he's a great villain. I don't think he's a great No, he's, he's not, a great villain. He's for not a movie. Like, yeah. And you and you talk about your movie is never as, is only as good as your villain. Right. Is. And
0: I think this one, for especially for the story that it's trying to tell, yeah. is in, is is beyond serviceable. I think it's good. I think it it's not great. You're not going to think about the motivations of this villain that, that much
1: after you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Uh,
0: but like it's just he was solid. It's, and I and I and I think I, it's the word we keep coming back
1: to yeah. for this movie, which is that it's very serviceable, mm-hmm. um, and that's
0: and but serviceable. I, no, no, I don't want to keep saying serviceable. This is a mm-hmm. one step up from serviceable. It is <laughs> solid. You could shake this thing. Yeah, you could try to find cracks in it. And yeah, you're gonna see one or two or three or whatever the fuck. But the 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 strength of the entire thing as a whole is enough where the cracks don't matter. At least for me.
1: No, I I agree, and more more so than other movies that we've reviewed this summer. This summer and last summer as well, I think this one holds up much better. Like it's, it's, it's less offensive to me than Jurassic World. You and Jurassic
0: World. It's It's, it's funny. Every time you give Jurassic World shit, I'm like, I think.
1: I like that movie. I want to go watch it. Yeah, yeah, no, I. Uh, you know what's funny is I re-listened to our review of it uh, just recently. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was interesting to listen to because you you basically agree with me about everything that's wrong with this movie. But I like it. And then in the end you go, but I'll still go see it. And I'm like, but no, I oh, like it. No, that's I not what you like should it. do. Because you, you literally point, about, you point out everything. And they're not like little things. I know. They're like, everything is wrong with Chris this movie. Chris Pratt and CG dinosaurs, <laughs> right. bro.
0: You and me dance off. Let's go. That's a mix I did a Guardians reference, I'm sorry. Um mm, anyway, good. But um, <laughs> but uh yeah, that's right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Shahir declined my dance-off request. Uh but
1: for good reason. <laughs> I think
0: I saved you I saved the audience if they could see it, it would be Nope, alarming. it's going to be silence and grunting. <laughs> that's all you're going to hear. Um so they have to get back together. Oh, so uh Jayla, who played Jayla, the uh, the girl that's Sophia Butella. Yeah, yeah, she was great. She was a good character too. I thought.
1: Yeah, she had a lot. Of, she had a lot of spunk.
0: She had spunk, and she had a lot of funny lines that, like, you know, she kept calling like th- James was, T. Like, that are we in thing. spoilers yet? Oh yeah.
1: Okay, so there, were, there was the, the only thing about it was that I, I felt like she would she'd she had earned her place among uh, in, in the USS Enterprise. Whereas, but at the end they were like, "Oh, here you can go join the Federation as a recruit." And I was like. I'm sorry. I think she just saved your crew. I think I, she I would have like- liked to have seen her honestly. And
0: maybe they will. I don't know. Like maybe she'll go through the thing and then come back. Like yeah. she seems like a character. She seems like the wharf character. She yeah. seems like, like um. she should be on the enterprise the, with Scotty. the Watto. Yeah. Yes. Like he, like they should, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, she she should be a crew member now. She was good enough to be a crew member.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I uh, so when they were like, when, and now when, go away. Yeah, when Kirk was like, now here's your entry into the recruit program. You're going to have to wear a uniform, but don't listen to. I was like, and it yeah. was kind of silly because Kirk like barely did that. Yeah, exactly. He became a
0: Star Trek captain in
1: one fucking day <laughs> on a dare. Oh, yeah, um, he's that good. And I, you know, I think the things with Kirk, uh, Kirk's motivation to like, you know, he's bored in space. Um and board of the mission, uh, you know, and and then there's an interesting conversation, the one I pointed out early on, where Kirk is kind of uh, is the he, birthday conversation. With yeah, Podes? he's he's about to have uh, he's he's about to become older than his dad was. Um, I think that's an interesting that'll fuck you up motivation. It's a little bit like classic hero movie, you know, am I better than my dad thing, and it's it kind of doesn't go anywhere. And there's a weird moment where like. Um I was expecting um uh Thor to turn up in the movie at some point. He's and, actually going to be in the next one apparently somehow. Yeah. But you know when the bike the they, they show the bike, you yeah. know, and it was like my dad had one of these. I was like in my brain kind of going, this is your dad's bike, man. Oh, I didn't think you know, that. you know like and and that we would watch some video and that would resolve the the Kirk dilemma I see. in the film. And, and it didn't. So it's kind of like one of those things that it's a little it's not bad, it's just kind of half baked and 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 you feel like the film, it gets pulled in two directions, which is one that it has some interesting ideas, and then the other side of it is what we need to, like, blow shit and punch shit. You know
0: what I loved about this movie? didn't focus on Spock again. I feel like the last two focus real hard on Spock. Yeah. Uh, and the first one, you kind of have to. and the They gave one, him
1: enough motivation. Enough, yeah. you
0: know, and I like Zachary Quinto as Spock. As Spock I yeah. think he's great. Yeah. I, I, he has great lines. The chemistry with every character is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, down to the tracking device on Uhura, which he doesn't really mean to make it that creepy, yeah, but, but he gives kinda- her a rock that's a necklace from Vulcan, but it has a specific radioactive isotope that he uses to track it and Bones calls him out. Like, they yeah. were doing it like for a good reason to save them. He's like, so you gave your girlfriend a homing device. Yeah, no. <laughs> You low jacked your girlfriend.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's all really good stuff. And now I, I'm i going to show my age here a little bit, which is that this is how I know I've gotten old, which Uh-oh. is that I haven't seen a single Hunger Games movie and I haven't seen a single Fast and the Furious movie. Really? I have not seen a single one. And I hear they're great. And I'm, the reason I haven't seen them is that there's so many now that I'm like, I'm going to have to sit through all of them to get. You to- know what? And I'm not saying we're going to do this. Mm-hmm, yeah. But we should
0: do what we did with Star with with Star Wars no, gonna, with no, Fast and the Furious. No, no,
1: no. We're never doing that again. Why? What we're gonna do is we're gonna do like the Krzysztof Kieslowski series, and we're gonna I'm gonna make you sit through films that you've never watched that I have that I love. Okay, but then um, after that,
0: we, when when we're at like Fast and Fast Ten or whatever, then we'll do those. Are they doing another Fast and the
1: Furious? Oh, oh, are they gonna stop? <laughs> of course. I haven't seen any of them, and uh, I've heard people rave about them as this like you know they're they're passion. They you.
0: started as garbage. Now they're really great.
1: Yeah. And, and the only reason I haven't done them is kind of like, I re, you know, I feel like I have to start at the beginning and maybe I don't, you know, like there's eight, you of know, the fucking, order, right? Yeah. Cause it's like one, three, one, two, four, five, five, six,
0: three, seven, eight. Right.
1: Yeah. See like that kind of stuff just like puts me, you know, like the commitment to do that really puts me off like starting on those things. And I, I might have seen little bits and pieces of the first one, and I think I've seen little bits and pieces of Tokyo Drift. A friend Listen. of mine was uh, I have uh, car friends in New Zealand who who love to have them on when we were around at the, at his place. Um, and so I would see little pieces of them, and I was not that into I'm not that I'm not much of a car. So guy. would you say for those fifteen seconds or less, you weren't free?
0: I wasn't free. Sorry, that was a line from the movie that I just changed to be about you. Don't worry about it, cheer. You're getting old is what you're saying.
1: I'm getting old. But so I haven't seen. Justin Lin. Now, again, I he's not he's a filmmaker I've known about because of a film that he did called *Bitter Luck Tomorrow*, which was kind of the champion, uh, you know, like championed as an Asian independent, uh, Asian American independent film um, that some people call the "Do the Right Thing" for Asian Americans. Oh wow! Okay, um, which I haven't seen. And I haven't I've, seen it either. That sounds I've, interesting. I've always been meaning to see that, and since *Bitter Luck Tomorrow*, he got propelled into this big blockbuster tentpole kind of world. As they do. I mean, he went straight from *Better Luck Tomorrow* to *Annapolis*, which was a, I believe that was a Robert De Niro action film. Might have been Robert. De- no, sorry, it was James Franco. And uh, yeah, I get that mixed up all the time. Yeah, no, sorry about that. Um, and then he—and then he went right up into *Fast and the Furious*, *Tokyo Drift*. The next *Fast and the Furious* did a couple of episodes of *Community*. Fast Five, Fast Six—you um, <laughs> know, like pretty it- a couple of episodes of *True Detective*. Uh, and he's doing—and now he's doing a *Born* film. He's kind of gone from like. What I had He's to, doing the next Bourne movie? He's doing the next Jeremy Renner Bourne movie. Good. Good <laughs> though. I, you know, what, you know fine. I didn't see the Jeremy Renner one, but after this last Jason Bourne movie, I I can't Look, see. Paul it. Greengrass is a great filmmaker and I think Paul Greengrass is is But he's his, made but he's made the same movie now four times. Yeah, even five times. I think if you count the uh, Green Zone movie, I don't know. Um, but you know, Paul Greengrass, I think, is a a really interesting, well th- well thought action movie maker. I would love um, to see a Jason Bourne movie. And he's by doing point. like Space Jam too. So I'm like, he's kind of, <laughs> for lack of a better word, drifted away from the thing that I was kind of initially interested in him right. doing. Um, but you know, from all from from what I hear, uh, people really dig his action movie directing chops. Um, and and from what I saw in this movie, I was I was I was impressed by yeah. his command of the scale of this movie. So you're never confused in any of the space or fight scenes, which is amazing because they do
0: crazy shit in them. Yeah. something that Jayla does. She fights with holograms and she hides like the ship, the crash ship that uh, yeah. eventually Idris Alba came from, and like they hide and eventually take off from off the planet. Uh, she fights with holograms, so she rescues Kirk and Scotty from. Uh, from some, some bad guys on the planet. And she throws down this hologram and then there's like three of them. And she does some really crazy fight scenes with these holograms. And then later on the holograms hide the ship. And then even when you were talking about the motorcycle stuff, yeah, which again, I saw the motorcycle in the trailer and I was like, fuck you, yeah. but they wrote it in serviceable enough. Like yeah, it was yeah. fine because the, it, the, the, they, they find it, They eventually hide back on the Yorktown, which is the crash ship that Idris Alba and his warriors pre- Federation did. And, and, uh, Jayla hides it so she doesn't get discovered. And in it is an old style motorcycle that we talked about before. Which he, said,
1: which he says his dad had one of yeah. these. And again, it feels like such a... It's a little bit of a wasted moment, I think. Yeah, it's, it's such a big thing. Given that his initial point is like, am I better than my dad now? It seems like such a strange moment to have and not like have it go anywhere. Sure. Uh, but then again, if it did go somewhere, we'd probably be a little bit dissatisfied because that's not a huge no, interesting reveal. No, no.
0: So uh they eventually, when they're doing they're mounting their big rescue, because all of the, the real crew, the, the, the red shirts, all the red shirts in in Ahura and uh Sulu are mm-hmm. imprisoned. And uh that when they're doing that, like Kirk is riding around and there's like nine Kirks on motorcycles. And like mm-hmm. that to me, this is this is what I liked about it, because it was it was apt. Yeah. The director's really good at vehicle stuff. <laughs> right? He is. I mean, that's what he he's bread and butter at this point. Yeah. So he worked in a way where they could have a vehicle thing like that in crazy sci-fi town. And, and it felt real and good and, and physical mm-hmm. because a lot of the other fast action that's not hand-to-hand is space
1: stuff. Now yeah. the space stuff is cool yeah. and different feeling. And I appreciate that. But, um, and like I said, I, I think there was a really good, elegant command of the the scale of the space visual effects, you know, like yes. like traveling from, there was a, a really cool shot where we're seeing, the, we're seeing someone run through a hallway, the camera then lifts up over the top of the USS Enterprise, and then we traverse across the top, of the top of the USS Enterprise to another part where we see them join up with another group. And it was like, that's a really good use of the way, you know, it's a complete CGI shot, but sure. it's a really good use of CGI to give you a sense of spatial geography. 100%. Um, And then the the swarm with the beehives, which leads up to my favorite moment in the movie, uh, you know, with like playing classical music to like disrupt the hives.
0: The whole thing is because it, it, it's based on old technology and they only have so much old technology. Jayla.
1: They basically had, have an iPod.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this Jayla has an iPod basically of all these old, what Star Trek considers classical music. My favorite p-
1: public enemy is, a, is represented there. Fight the power yeah. do the right thing. Yeah. And then, um, and then eventually
0: sabotage by the Beastie Boys, which the initial trailer pushback when they played that right. uh, was super
1: huge. And I thought it worked well for the trailer. I remember seeing that initial trailer, like the, cause I always watch the initial trailer if I'm mildly interested in the movie. Oh, I saw I the initial that. trailer and I, I it didn't, it didn't look like a good movie from that From that initial. I thought it rest. did. From that very, very initial teaser. I thought it felt different enough where I was interested in it. Like,
0: because again, the last one didn't, the last one sort of towed the line, and I was like, I might have been done with it. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was brave, and I liked that they did it. Yeah. Um, so uh, eventually, uh, Krull leaves the uh, the planet to go take over the thing. They rescue their, uh, their crew, rescues the people. They get back on the, um, what was the ship's
1: called again? The, the the, the crash ship. Yorktown. Oh, the, the, not the Enterprise, but the. You said it before. We lost it. Fitzgerald. No. Uh, Franklin? No. Franklin? Franklin? I don't Did know. I go with Franklin? The
0: other ship that Jayla's <laughs> been using as her home. Uh, Might have been Franklin. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they have to go stop the swarm and they're trying to figure out how to do it with such limited resources in a very Star Trek sciency way. They discover that old school radio bands <laughs> is what the uh, swarm uses to sort of speak to each other. So they fly around and they end up just blaring Beastie Boys into space and surfing this wave of a hive ships and exploding them along the way. <laughs> It was again, yes, it's a big blow up, stupid moment, but done with smart intentions and detail that made it like
1: it made it sci-fi enough where I'm like, this is Star Trek. And also, I I mean, just just in terms of like having a moment that actually genuinely excites you with like a cohesion between music, sound and visuals. It's a genuine like it, it, it and it, it achieves what like the uh, the great moments in Mad Max Fury Road does, which is like good score. That, you know, like, uh, understanding the balance of how to get people excited in the seat. I was shocked how much I enjoyed the space battle in this. Because I gotta be honest, I haven't
0: enjoyed space battle in a long time. Maybe, I mean, I'm trying to think of even the space battle stuff in Guardians. That wasn't a space battle, it was a planet battle, I guess. And that was cool. But, like, other than that, when's the last time I got real excited about spaceships firing at each other? And I can't think of it. Like, that's not something that... Oh, uh, Firefly, uh, Serenity. That okay. was the last time. <laughs> wow, and that's, that's a long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. So, like,
1: not a Wing Commander fan. N-
0: uh, <laughs> uh, no, but we'll be talking about that on our panel, perhaps. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like it was just felt very fresh to me. And then, of course, after that, and they get to the space station, and 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 Carl's plan falls apart, and it's revealed a little bit more who he is. Uh, then it becomes a little more fisticuffy and normal, and like and- I just I didn't I guess I I didn't understand. The fight in the gravity well, or whatever. No, I
1: didn't understand you. you we, br- we
0: brushed over the ancient weapon, MacGuffin. There's always a MacGuffin on yeah, these. Yeah, fucking yeah. There's things. an
1: ancient weapon that can destroy all of humanity, and it's fine. It's 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 you know it. It's just it's another up. thing that like eats shit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool. And um but I I just I didn't understand what his end game was. But his I guess, end
0: game was to take over the station and then use it as a beachhead to start another war. That got right. fucked up
1: by Beastie Boys. So he was just gonna like just then destroy it.
0: He was he was going to use that that material to eat away all of the people on the ship and then or the space station and then take over the space station.
1: But he, how was he going to survive? I, I it seems Well, he was going to launch you know, it like, in. He
0: wasn't originally supposed to be there and then when he had to be there because everything went to shit, he just said fuck it and became a
1: suicide bomber. It's funny because you know the Brexit uh the Brexit comparison the Matt Singer makes kind of makes sense because it's not it's not it's not logical what he does. It's kind of like let's just blow everything up that we stand for. Well, and- it's not
0: logical when he's lo- when he starts to lose he becomes comes a psychopath
1: yeah uh, i mean but again it's not the movie doesn't break for me it kind of it still holds up it's just one of those things i'm like uh i'm not sure what you're thinking here and it's and i'm not that interested in like your 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 in game is not that interesting to me it's just kind of like you're just a crazy person um yes, no i think it devolves
0: because then it turn, I mean, granted it's a, it's a zero gravity fist fight and there's some cool sort of moments where they're like free falling and
1: shit yeah but that's not that's not Again, I'm not interested. Like, I to me, action has to be based on ideas. Like, you have to have like a solid foundation of ideas before the action. For the action to like, I guess it was solid enough for me. I get what you're saying, and I could see where it could fall flat. I, I... but it didn't. Like I said, it didn't break it. Sure, it it was sure. It was good enough. You know, like, and it's a it's it's a good time at the movies. I didn't hate it, and I didn't, and I enjoyed kind of a lot of it. Yeah, uh, you know, which is surprising. Yeah, and that's—I think that's for 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 me. Yeah, you know the guy who hates fun. I according know. to you, like, to say I think this is a fun time at the movies. And according to everyone, wait, why do you got to point out always everyone? Everyone, me? everyone thinks I hate everyone fun. Thinks everyone thinks hate fun. everyone knows you hate fun. Hate fun. Hate. It's not even a thought. <laughs> right? Okay. 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 I, I I got it. I'll just write that on my t-shirts from now on. You should. So whenever I walk into a room, people know that tag on the underwear. Shahir, parentheses, hates fun, and I show my underwear to people because because I, you're a crazy person. Okay, got it. All right, now we've got that settled. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, yeah, look, for me to, I mean, I guess we're getting into final thoughts. Final here. thoughts. For me to even say that I think this is a fun time at the movies um, is kind of rare. I, 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 do, I don't think it's a, I don't think, you know, there are things about it that are kind of like, huh, I wish we'd done that better. But but the things that I'm suggesting are almost like a different movie. Sure. And so. It's, it's a un- different form of Star Trek. Yeah. And so it's, a, it's unfair for me to like point those things out. Wow. And, you know. You know no. have you grown as a person? Oh God, I've just listened to you for too long. <laughs> um, and you're horseshit. what <laughs> um, but but so so it's as far as escapism goes, and for most of the movies that we reviewed and had have had to watch this, I think this is this is an example of the kind of film that if you want to see a popcorny, kind of fun, quick you know thing to get you out of your own headspace for a couple of hours. This should be the kind of thing that you would do, yeah. And I think the filmmakers do a good job in that respect, yeah. Um, so go see it.
0: A- agreed. <laughs> oh like, my, I mean, that, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, you kind of said it again. The only thing I'd add to that, because I completely, hundred percent agree with everything you said there, uh, is the I just think franchise films should do this. I I think, for instance, for all of the love that I I do give Marvel, mm-hmm. like I think Marvel and maybe DC, if they could fucking ever get their head out of their ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think that should be their thing. I think it should be a comic booky thing. I don't want to see my fucking James Bonds all mixed together. You know, like I don't want to see it. Like I, I, I don't. I didn't mind Spectre, but it, it did kind of, upon reflection, really start to bug me that like, oh, you just at the end of the day avenged this shit. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to see that. I want to see these things that like, yeah, if you're a fan of the franchise, you can look and see little pieces like, oh man. Spock just found out that old Spock died, like, and that fucked with them a little bit. And like, yeah. that's cool. Like, but it, if you didn't know that, like Robin, I went to see it with Robin. She didn't see either of the other two movies. And she loved it. Right. So like, that's important. Yeah. You can't have, you can't just jump into these things and make it so deep where you're not going to enjoy it on on the thing. And I, and so I, I don't want to see what for all of the Marvel love that I throw, I don't want everyone else to fucking be like, Ooh, that makes money. Let's do that. Cause it's not right for everything. Right. So I, I applaud the filmmakers for this film because it is exactly what I want a a summer popcorn movie to be and be a franchise film to be. It just it fits every it's a square peg in a square hole and it all fucking works written by. Simon. Simon Simon Pegg. It's a peg peg. It's a peg hole. It's a peg. It's a peg hole. (laughs) Simon Pegg. God bless you, and God bless your career, and God bless the Uh, rest of what you do.
1: Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright uh, have my dollars, you know, sewn up. Infinitely. 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 So,
0: guys, if you keep making movies, it doesn't even matter if it's literally a goldfish swimming for two hours. I'll still pay you for
1: it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm in. And yeah, go watch Space. Space is so good. It's so good. Um, It
0: it made me learn the second language that all men know.
1: Oh, I've forgotten
0: that. Which is when, uh, I don't know if you know this, but if I started going...
1: Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> I got And you're like, or you dodge it, yeah. and then you go, Ting, and you throw a grenade. And <laughs> and
0: there's just this this sort of innate thing where dudes, if you fire like finger guns at them and make gun noises, they'll either dodge or do it back. Yeah. And that's the first time that someone's called
1: that out in space. <laughs> and I was like, this is brilliant. Um, side I, again, I agree with everything you said. It's the first time we've done this in a while. I think that we've, uh, you know, there's usually there's a lot of antagonism in this room, but there's a I, lot of love in this room. I this time. thought. You know what though? It's funny because I was when I was I think watching the this film is about.
0: Yeah, so we came together. We did what Star Trek. We it's a very this is a very Federation review. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I didn't think you would hate this honestly, no. and I, I I don't know I don't know what the hell that is, but maybe it just it, it checks all the right boxes for it checks, what it is.
1: I think you know the thing. The, this is what I'm looking for when we when I want to see a big dumb movie. Like it's not you know like it's not sure. that dumb. And no, I think dumb. and I, I think the thing is is that the other movies that we've been talking about are offensively dumb to me. Uh, Which I,
0: I disagree a lot, and we know that. But well, like, apparently you agree with me, having listened, re- re-listened to one of our reviews. I guess dumb, it, it translates a lot of times to me, too fun, yeah. and that's when we break apart. Mm. Um, Much like si- the Enterprise in this film.
1: Side note, uh, unrelated to your thing, sad, sad that we lost um, yeah. uh, Anton Yelchin this year. Um, lost too early, and I was doing a project... Um, recently where we i had to research uh, his past films and stuff and he just seemed from from the from what i read and from the people we interviewed he he seemed like a very lovely genuine person and i think his screen presence in this film was just was it, it was just that it was lovely he was just a he seemed like a it was nice to see him on screen and yeah. he's always like a welcome warm presence on screen um so it was sad to to have lost him i He's he's made so many freaking movies, you know. He's yeah. achieved so much at a young age. It just um, sucks. It's 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 sad. Um, you know, life goes on, but uh, yeah, it's sad that we won't be seeing any more of his chickoff or any more of his films. Yeah. Um, that's very unfortunate. But
0: yeah, so guys, I guess this has been uh the
1: only podcast about Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Um, I want to introduce a new thing that I want to try out with you, Matt. What do you mean? A new, a new thing? Yeah, I'm allowed to do new things, right? Uh, you, as long as you
0: keep 80% of your clothes on, yeah. Oh, oh. well, so, okay. So do a Awkward. different new thing
1: than you were thinking So of. it's come to my attention recently, having not having recently uh, gotten a Hulu subscription, but having a Hulu subscription, that, okay. the, that almost the entire Criterion collection, which is basically the only form of media that I try to buy or go out of my way to buy these days, Criterion Blu-rays, okay. is available on Hulu. So I'm starting a new section on the only podcast about movies called... The Criterion Corner. Oh, fuck you. The Criterion fuck Corner. Fuck that you. name. The and Criterion not, Corner. Not that I dislike Criterion
0: films, but I love that you've painted yourself in this little box. Is like, these are the only films that I buy. This arbitrary, it's not arbitrary, but this list that people have made.
1: No, what I love about the Criterion collection, uh, if anyone's into buying physical media, and Jacob on uh, our Facebook page and I had a good long conversation about... The, but you know, why, why should you buy physical DVD, uh, Blu-rays anymore? Because they're sick. Um, and I, I kind of like having a thing in my hand I and owning too. it. But there's no <laughs> having the Criterion Collection on Hulu. You know, like for seven ninety nine a month or whatever the fuck it cost is kind of amazing. I have access to all these movies that are hard to find. Right. Um, so, right, so what the fuck are you doing in your corner oh my god I can't believe how hostile you are to me you like trying to expose people to you decide you decide that you're just gonna do this thing whatever it's fine. You, can, you can have your own thing if no, you want no I don't want it I thought we. so I'm whatever. gonna just point call out a movie that's available on the Criterion collection on Hulu or you could just buy it from the Criterion if you want and this week I'm gonna uh, call out a film from a uh, a guy who made a trilogy that I think we should review at some point, Christoph mm-hmm. um, who made uh, the Decalogue series, uh, Red, White, and Blue, uh, The Double Life of Veronique, um, and many others. And the film I wanted to call out was a short film about love, which was a, a film that broke away from the Decalogue and was released in a longer form. Kieslowski okay. um, uh, decided to make a film about each of the Ten Commandments, um, in love. Not with- to be confused with the ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the Decalogue, and the, a short film about love is one of them, which is about, which is ostensibly about stalking, um, which is quite strange to. Thou say. Thou shalt not stalk. Well, it's it's more that the that love is gleaned from uh, a distant admirer, a person who lives across the way in one building, who sees a woman that he loves, whom he, whom he falls in love with in another building, and the film has certainly dated and it is it is um it is not of this time anymore and sure. it's not, you know like so it feels very dated. so far you're selling me but there is a like what's amazing is Kozlowski is taking the idea of love and he translates it into this ostensibly very difficult story and may and ter- and the final moment is just beautiful where you where you where basically the woman he's been stalking. Are you going to spoil the final moment? Like, it's a movie from 1970-something, if we haven't talked about it at this point. I think we're, we're in spoiler zone. But you're telling people to watch it. Go watch it. If you have watched it, uh, I think the be- the thing about the movie is the way in which love transcends our boundaries of what's right and wrong. And that's what's beautiful about the last moment in that film. Okay, um, I'm going to do a Criterion Corner film at the end of every episode from now on. So if you have seen... wait from now on, fuck you, Matt. That's what I'm doing, and I'm and it's co-host of this show. I'm 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 taken my right to do so um, wow. so if you see something I'm going to try and watch a Criterion film from now on on the Hulu, uh, on Hulu and I'm not suggesting that Criterion is like the be all and end all I just think they have an amazing collection of films that we should dig into if you can um, if you see something on Criterion that you want me to watch uh, point it out and I will try to do so wow
0: okay well uh, apparently Shahir uh, has decided that the Federation isn't working and wants to
1: become more of a militaristic president. that I'm inflicts find- its will on to the rest of the show. I'm going to find a movie for you to watch, Matt, on the Criterion Collection. Um, but you can do that. You Is can it co- going to be Chasing Amy? Because it's probably going to be Chasing Amy. It's on the Criterion Collection. That's why I
0: said it. I'm not a Philistine. I know what's on the fucking Criterion Collection. I'm just making fun of you for making a thing and not telling
1: me about it. That movie doesn't hold up. I know Even though I it. I loved, I know. I I know loved it doesn't. when I, know I was doesn't. younger. I know it doesn't. Um, you can reach us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or uh, on our Twitter at onlymoviepod or uh, hit us up on our Facebook page as well. And Matt, where are we going to? Where can you hit us up live?
0: Oh, you can hit us up live, like we said before, at PAX, uh, September 2nd, 6, uh, 6 p.m at the Sphinx Theater. We're going to be doing Getting Good at Making Video Game Movies. We're going to fix Hollywood people. Uh, You can also find me at MatthewKroll.com. Also on Instagram, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z
1: and Emperor M S K on Twitter. Shahir, you have a website. www.ShahirDowd.com S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D dot com. That's where you can find all my shit. Because unlike Matt, I have consolidated my shit. Yeah, I know. And uh, next week, next week we're going to be doing something fun. We're going to have a guest. We're going to have a guest, yes. And we're going to do a film that was requested to us. That's right. Uh, But a
0: newer one so it fits it checks off both boxes
1: yeah the childhood of alita yeah directed by brady corbett which is available right now on amazon instant and on itunes so please before next week's review
0: watch it watch the movie and i don't know yet if it's worth us telling you to do that but i'm just gonna say to do it so we can all have a nice conversation Anyway,
1: <laughs> that's what we do here. This is
0: we, yes, quote nice conversations. Uh, leave us some reviews on iTunes. Leave us some love or some hate or some something. Uh, and uh, guys, thank <laughs> you leave so us much. A big poop, poop emoji. A big on po- poop emoji. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs>